0: Welcome to Faith Fondue, a new podcast featuring author and speaker Haley D. Maria and teacher and blogger Ann Strickers. Faith Fondue will feature a melting pot of topics, ignited by a flame, our faith, and guided by the Holy Spirit. It's the week of May 2nd, the fifth week of April, and as we continue through this Easter season, we continue to share uh, our podcast with you. Good morning, Anne. Good morning, Haley. This
1: is season two, episode three, uh, and we're about to just talk about the flame. Uh, what's hot this week? We have a couple things on tap: the Oscars, the NFL draft, and prom. Yeah, talk to me about prom, Haley. It, I saw the photos.
0: Yep, it is prom season, and uh, you know, schools across the country are kind of all over the place um, with prom. Some are holding them, some are not, some have canceled them. Um, I've heard of some families kind of going rogue and holding their own proms, um, you know, if the school's not willing to have them. Uh, My son's school um, did not hold a senior prom. Um, Of course, my son's a junior, but uh, their sister's school, Mount DeSales, did. Um, They're a smaller school. It's about 100 girls per grade. Um, they had the prom outside under a tent. All the students wore masks. Um, and, you know, my son was fortunate enough to be asked to go. And I have to tell you, it was just really great to see a little slice of normal, right? I, I just, this class of 2021, I think, has kind of had a rough go of it. Um, yep. You know, I think the class of 2020, everybody rallied behind them because they felt so badly yeah that life was shut down so quickly. And really the class of 2021 has had not a normal senior year at all. And um, so it was really heartwarming to just see kids being able to be kids. Yeah, Yeah, it was really nice. Um, But you know, there's another side to prom too, that's very real. Um, I just read this morning an article about, um, it was actually a, a car that had four students in it, driving to their senior prom. And um, they were T-boned by a drunk driver mm. and, um, you know, hadn't been drinking themselves. And oh,
1: oh.
0: unfortunately, two of them were killed. And, um, you know, and you and I, you know, grew up kind of yeah. in the same era of MAD, you know, Mothers yeah. Against Drunk Driving, that kind of came about, I feel like, when you and I were kind of, you know, coming yeah. of age. Yeah. And, um, you know, unf- that is that is something that is very real, you know, in my life. Um, yes. This past weekend was the 22nd anniversary of, um, you know, a, a prom that really changed my life. I wasn't a student. I was a teacher. I was the moderator for our student, senior student council. It was a class at the high school where I worked. Um, so I met with my senior student council officers every day. And um, on their the night of their senior prom, one of my senior student council officers, um, Emily L., was leaving her senior prom and right as they were pulling out of the hotel, um, was hit by a drunk driver and she was killed. Um, we watched all of it unfold. Um, Um, and it was, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was a, a, a clearly a tragic event. I'm not sure there are words to accurately describe it. Um, in for me personally, um, you know, certainly for the girls and for the family, it was devastating. Um, For me, it gave me a whole new perspective on my own accident. Um, You know, what I saw at Xavier, where I was working at the time, was this community of faith that was mourning. Um, I would imagine in a very similar way to how Notre Dame mourned after our bus accident, um, you know, with the death of my two teammates. Um, But what I saw was this community of faith come together and carry this family through the darkest time in their lives. Ooh, um, sure. you know. And I had experienced that at Notre Dame, but I hadn't seen it. I wasn't on campus mm-hmm. right after mm-hmm. our bus accident, I was in the hospital. Yeah. So to see this, this tangible, beautiful community support uh, a family and these grieving students during this tragic event, um, that is really what led me to want to convert to Catholicism. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I had felt it at Notre Dame, and I knew this community of faith and the prayerfulness was powerful. Um, But when I saw it again, kind of from a different viewpoint, um, it made me really understand and appreciate that I never wanted to be without this, that Uh this is how we get through tragedy, um, is through this beautiful community of faith. So always remember emily l this weekend um and really you know all the time and and certainly my my stuco girls my student council officers um Uh who suffered you know their own tragedy at 18 years old just like i did um we have but we've always had that connection um in fact one of them was my my student that just turned 40 a couple weeks ago so it's uh it's been a while for all of us but um you know it it's prom season and we want to remember uh to celebrate but of course we want to be safe as well in uh, in yeah. all ways, not just COVID. Um, right. Wow. Well,
1: thank you for sharing that. I I know that you've said that about the community. The it was really other people, the faith of other people um, that prompted you right to convert and to join this community of faith. And I just think that message is so life giving because. I so often, Haley, hear so many stories of where people feel excluded or marginalized or what the church isn't doing. And there's so much more that we as the body of Christ can do. But it's just it's almost like this inner strength just to know that your lived experience was one where people, you know, responded with love, with kindness, with the, you know, what we're called to extend to one another. So um, thanks be to God for that. But also, like, I think of Emily L's family. Like, I hope they know the impact. Um, and I don't know the answer to this. Do they
0: know kind of like that whole story, like the outcome, I mean, of all of this? It, they do. I shared it with her mom uh, years later, you know, when it was appropriate, when they weren't, sure. um, you know, yes. still in the midst of their deep, deep grief. You know, of course, they always still grieve um and it and, and i'm glad i did you know i i hadn't thought to share it with her and i'm not even sure yeah. i recognized it myself until you know much later on um but yes they do know that and i um I, I was glad that i shared it with them
1: yeah well i'm glad you are i'm glad you did too and i i just am struck by you know prom i don't i'm a little reluctant but i you know i believe in rites of initiation and you know, rites of passage. And, you know, in American life, prom is, I would, you know, dare to say one of them. And I, I didn't have a great prom experience. So maybe that's why I'm not, you know, celebrating it. But as a young person, right, to dress up and, you know, I think because there's just, they call it prama now, you know, drama <laughs> that goes with prom and then the ask the events around that and, the amount of money, and you know, there's so much to be critical of. Yes, um, the
0: pressure of the promposal. I mean, yeah, yeah, promposal.
1: Excuse me. Yes. So, but at it, if we were to take it at its best, you know, it it sounds like this is an event that marks potentially a return for this class that's been forgotten, and I'm glad to hear that. Um, at St. Francis, we had MORP, which is prom backwards yep. for juniors, and it was on the football field, or no, maybe on the quad. It was outdoors, and it was very informal. Now, seniors will have prom, but I thought that was very creative just to kind of, again, yeah, make it something different in light of this crazy year. I know, so.
0: and and kudos to the schools that are trying, um, you know, who are doing the best they can in this crazy world to give the students something, you know, something to look forward to, yeah. something to talk about with their friends, um, yeah. and, and just a way to gather in community. Right, right, which is a gift. It is a enough. gift. It is a gift. So that right. is, it is prom season, and it is Oscar season. It's a little later than normal, but, you know, that's, that's what I was thinking, COVID right? Oscars, see, Yeah. <laughs> you see, you see, is it January, or February? Yeah, it used to be January. I think it, yeah. it's kind of like the Super Bowl it got pushed to February. Yeah, um, but yeah. yeah, this is definitely very late. I honestly didn't even know the Oscars were coming up until probably the day before, and people started talking about it. Um, yeah. I have not seen any of the movies. I'm not yeah. even sure I could tell you one that has been nominated, which is awful. So, Anne, take it <laughs> take it take it away.
1: Well, you know, Haley, the reason I know that it was Oscar season, I myself did also, I did not see any of the movies. I I love movies. I, you know, I think I may have mentioned this one summer made a commitment to watching the, you know, as many of the top 100 IMD on the IMDB internet movie database. It's kind of the, well, no, that's just a registry AFI, excuse me, American film Institute top yeah. 100. So like the top 10, I'm like, I have to see this. Think of it as like, reading the great books, like, you know, number one is Citizen Kane and number two is Casablanca. And I would watch these movies and I'd be like, this isn't that good. You know, why <laughs> is this number two? Why is this number six? And then by the end I'd, every time I was like, that was amazing. Like it really was. I, every single one of them won me over. But um, why I knew this was prom season is because I listen at work, So on my computer, I stream classical music. And the station here in the Bay Area is KDFC. And always before the Oscars, they play the scores of the, Mm. you know, the best score from, you know, as many years as they can. Love it. So, yeah, it's so cool. And so many of the songs we aren't quite familiar with, if it's in classical music version. So one of the songs that I think is just profoundly beautiful is... The theme to Out of Africa. Out of Africa did win Best Film in 1986, and my sister really loves the movie. She's talked about it. I never saw it. I don't know why I didn't see it. Um, and so I love the song, and it's by John Barry, and he's actually Sir John Barry because he was knighted because he's so incredibly talented. He d- he died. But at first, I think I confused John Barry and John Williams. So mm-hmm. a lot of Americans would probably know John Williams. John Williams son done, do you know what he's done? Nope. Anything? Star Wars.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay, yes. So he's he
1: did, believe it or not, like Home Alone. He did Harry Potter. He definitely, it's like any musical artist has his own style. And once you lock in, you're like, oh, that's definitely John Williams. And he's still alive and he's incredibly talented. But John Barry did... Um, well, Born Free, which was like, we would have been really young, but probably would have seen it maybe mm-hmm. on repeat, you know, late on television. But he also did Dances with Wolves, uh, which is a beautiful score. And yes. then he did Out of Africa. So I watched it and it was, um, it's a beautiful film, the cinematography, it's set in Kenya. And it's a, it's, an, it's a great story. It's a based on a real, you know, two real people again, pre-colonial Kenya and just, you know, what's happening at that time. And it's a good story. The plot thickens, the character development is real. And it's, you know, it's sad. And I predicted the ending and I think you could, but it wasn't like super heavy. And to be honest, in these last few years, some of the films, what we're dealing with, which is real, they're, you know, also real life stories, like this year's is Nomadland, which I heard is, you know, more of a documentary following homeless people, which is incredibly important that, you know, we hear their voice and know their story, but they just seem so heavy. And so it's just, it was nice to watch this movie and I enjoyed it and I loved the music and um, yeah, I just felt like it was a little gift that I got um, this past, during the Oscar season.
0: You know, it's interesting, Anne, because I, um, there are very few movies these days that will draw me to the theater. Um, and I, of course, you know, COVID, COVID aside, um, you know, shutting down the movie theaters. Um, and I love going to the movie theater. You know, yeah. before we had kids, I would pick Jamie up from the train station. He used to commute into the city on Friday night, and we would go right to dinner and go see a movie. I mean, I i love going to the movie theater. Um, But these days it takes a lot to get me there because the quality of the movies are um, maybe just not my style. Um, You you know, know. I'm not a big superhero movie. The Avengers, the Marvel movies, um, the the violence in them and the 10 minute long fight scene. I just that's not something that's going to draw me to the theater
1: Um,
0: or but if but but if if there is a recommendation, of course I will go. Um, you know, for a long time Jamie traveled and would watch a lot of movies on airplanes, so yep. he saw a lot. And I yep, wasn't yep. going because he had pretty much seen everything. But there is a movie that that came out just this weekend. Um, it's in AMC theaters. It was actually um, released last year. Um, it was going to be released last year in the theater, but they streamed it, of course, because the theaters were cl- closed. Um, but it did just open. Was released this weekend. Um, called Fatima. And I watched it because I know um, the producers who were involved with the story, and I was trying to support them. And, but, and it's not a story that I was familiar with. I mean, of course, I've heard of Fatima. Um, I know it's an apparition. I it, That is not a part of my faith life that I'm familiar with, or it's not a part of Catholicism that I was familiar with. Um, I haven't studied it, I haven't read about it. I have now. Um, but it is a beautiful movie. Um, the cinematography is beautiful, the characters are beautiful. Um, you know it's set in Portugal. It is, is. It? yes. Yeah. And they I'd filmed love to go there. And they filmed all of it there. Um wow. and it is the 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 children are you just wanna hug them and um, the characters are so believable and and yet the the doubting that people have of these children is so real I mean you can see yeah. all sides because you believe these children wholeheartedly and let you and you let yet you completely understand why people don't and then they yes. do and it's really? um again it's it's the movie Fatima it's it it is in the theaters um, but you can also stream it. It's um it's really yeah. a beautiful testament of young innocent pure faith. Um yeah, yeah it's really neat. Awesome. I I I will watch it again.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks. I'll write that down and that can be one of our takeaways is to check that out and you know, a friend did recently. She took her son, I think they saw Godzilla. She ah. and her husband and son went to the theater and I am with you, like, Haley, well, I'm with you in that I love going to the theater, and I I still go because part of me knows that if I watch a movie here at home, the likelihood of me being distracted by my phone or my computer or something else, and it's just so nice to be in a different setting, Um, but, you know, we have it down to a science now where it's like, I don't go for the first 15 minutes because I don't want to watch every other ad. And you really can't necessarily make the argument for the communal experience because I've sat in a lot of near-empty theaters. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: which I, I mean, honestly, one of my favorite memories of watching the movie The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke was it was packed and it's bloody and you know it's violent, but everybody's reacting and it's like you are this onlooker to this like to wrestling. Um, And I just, in San Francisco, we have a lot of old theaters and I want to support them and keep them open. I just love all of that and I don't want that to go away. Um, So it will be interesting to see, you know. um, How it
0: returns and if it does and hopefully Uh it does.
1: I know. Because one of my coworkers told me that the big theaters have caused these smaller theaters to close. And I know there's all kinds of like, corporate advertising and films now and how they make their money and it's you know it's not this altruistic um
0: oh effort. no it's not that yeah, i that i have learned money. <laughs> <laughs> well i have not seen nomadland um that's probably one that i would like to watch i like mm-hmm. you and behind on current movies um but i did recently watch draft day uh it hmm. came out in 2014 uh Sorry. no kevin costner Okay. Yeah, so dances with wolves. Oh yeah, um, I think any given
1: Sunday. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's uh um, yeah.
0: you know, it's seven years old, so I am a little behind. Um but but you know, I loved it. Um and of course this past week was the NFL draft and of course. uh, yeah. you know, it's a big day in our house that was consumed our family group chat throughout the week, you know. What Notre Dame players are going to get drafted? Where are they going to go? Yeah, we got one here in San Francisco. Uh, we got They're we nice. got one here in Baltimore. Oh, you know. oh, nice! Yeah, Dale and Hayes. So we always love it when well, our yes, our, yes, our, we get our Irish Ravens. Um, <laughs> so we're always you know talking about who the Ravens want, who the Ravens need. You know how are we going to get them? And of
1: course, yeah.
0: You know what is it about the draft? Why do we love I, it? Yeah, you know I mean it
1: is. people do really love it I think it's fascinating my own father like I really think it's the most important thing in his life for that week and um he you know altered his mass schedule this man you know went to the same mass time every year and if it's draft day though however you know that was not going to get in the way of the draft I I did watch on Thursday night I don't watch Friday and Saturday um Although, you know, I was at my parents' on Saturday, so I definitely checked in on the draft. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think you kind of nailed it when we talked earlier. You are witnessing people's dreams, literally, like, on the camera, they come true. Now, that is, you know, I mean, what what can be more exciting than that, other than, like, here in San Francisco with a third pick? There's just all the talk, the surmising, the guesses, and – you know, one of my, the GM is John Lynch and, um, I'm a big fan and he was, they said, quote unquote, unrelenting in his honesty. He's both able to tell the truth and keep secrets (laughs) because nobody knew. And, you know, he's working with Kyle Shanahan as the coach, but, you know, there was rumors about Aaron Rodgers, And so he just answered the question. He's like, yes, I called him. I asked him, you know, like, and he just answers the question. He's honest, but he's telling the truth about what happened. And, um, I don't know in this day of you know WikiLeaks or uh, ever all the social media things, you can people can still keep secrets who knew, right? There's still some surprises.
0: There are. And I do think that's what we love about it. You know, there's nothing greater, there's nothing better than a pick that, you, <laughs> you know, that's not going to go the way you think it goes. But, right? you know, yeah. it is, it is, it is, it is watching a child's dream come true. And these, they're kids, you know, they may yeah. be 20, 20, oh, 21, yeah. 22, but they are kids. And, you know, for many of them, um, it is life changing. Yes, um, and Do you fully see that? And mm-hmm. that is monumental. And that is exciting. Um, yeah. You know, you're just so happy for these kids, you know, especially, you know, you coach, you were an athlete, I was an athlete, you know, even though neither of us played nearly at the level that these players are playing at. But we yep, still have absolutely. an understanding of what it takes to get there, right? So this is the yeah. culmination of their entire lives, you know, not just their athletic mm-hmm. careers, but their families and the sacrifices. And um, yeah, it's really, you know, that is, I guess, the good side of, you know, social media and ev- all of it being on TV is they're, they're allowing us to share in this very intimate, life-changing, dream-come-true yeah. moment. Um, yep. You know, that's, it's, it's priceless, it is you know it's just a fun
1: question to ask you know any football fan why do you love the draft because you're going to get different answers and you know i was thinking about that this week um i mean why we love sports is they carry a story but they allow us to ask great questions and you know why do you love the draft or um another question would be um i was on faculty retreat second year holy cross educators and the leader is a football coach and we here had spring football in California because of COVID. And then after the last game of the season, uh, Dan was saying, yeah, you know, all of us coaches said to each other, I love you before we said good night. And he's like, you know, here's this hyper-masculine sport. And yet we're saying, I love you. And I wasn't surprised in the least because I thought, you know, what is it about football that allows young people to so comfortably express their emotions when you wouldn't expect that. So a great question or here in the Bay Area, you know, in San Francisco, the San Francisco Giants were in first place. We've lost two games in San Diego, but they're playing way above their capacity. So I, I love, I don't know if that's the coach of me or just a sports fan, what allows a team to play above their capacity? So it's a question. Yeah. Something
0: you know, to think about for sure. Right? Something to stew right. about as we move you know, into our I, spiritual stew Nice transition. Yes.
1: Yeah. So what do you have cooking?
0: What oh, is, uh, gosh. So this, yeah. In terms of
1: gospel
0: or anything? You know, this weekend in particular, you know, it's it was right around the 1st of May. It's May 1. Um, you know, my spiritual stew really comes from, you know, this year-long study of the saints that I keep claiming that yeah. I have as I'm digging into different saints. And, um, you know, for our regular listeners, if there's any out there, um, you know, I've been thinking about the saints. And this weekend was... Uh, the feast day for St. Joseph the Worker, um, which is different than St. Joseph's Day, which is March uh, 19th, but May 1st, St. Joseph the Worker Day. It's also May Day, um, or International Workers Day. Um, You know, so as a history major, as I'm studying the saints, I sort of did a kind of a, a deeper dive into St Joseph the Worker Day, how it differs from St Joseph's feast day and why we have any of this. So, you know, as we know, Jesus's dad, um, you know, Joseph was a carpenter, he was a he was a worker, he was a skilled laborer. Um, you know, that was part of his the the wonder of him, the marvel of him. You know, he was just literally a regular Joe. He was not a king. He was not, you know, Elevate in any way. He was, and you know, I'd be curious. What I should looked up is is that where the term came from. You know, yeah, I just thought about that. Um, Yeah, Yeah. but historically, you know, May first, you know, is celebrated as May Day. You know, if we go back to the the Celts, you know, thousand, you know, years ago, May Day was a time to celebrate the midpoint of the year. It was the the midpoint between the light and the dark. Um, and that was a huge time to celebrate. Uh, that was a day that they celebrated was May 1st. And, you know, it turned into s- sort of this International Workers' Day in the yeah. kind of mid to late 1800s, um, mm-hmm. you know, as the Industrial industrial Revolution came about and exploded. And you have all of these really inhumane working conditions yeah. in factories and yep. You know it eventually led to the form of unions and you had what was established as the eight hour work day that was to commence it was to begin on may 1st 1886 so Mm. they Mm. then celebrated may 1st as as this labor day as this workers day international workers day and that really was sort of, you know, usurped by the communist, and it became very synonymous with communism, um, and uh, you know, celebrating the worker. And um, you know, there's a great picture we'll share of these May Day worker, International Workers' Day celebrations in Russia, where they, you know, celebrated communism. So yes. as a way to combat communism. Um, yeah. You know, in 1955, Pope Pius XII established or declared May 1st as Saint Joseph the Worker Day. So mm-hmm. it was yeah. as a way to counterbalance, to combat yeah. communism, um, was to to establish or I guess reestablish mm-hmm. this as a holy day, as a wow. day to celebrate. And mm-hmm. um, you know, of course, who's a greater worker than Jesus's father? Yeah. Yeah,
1: so much to consider there. So thanks, uh, Haley, for putting your history de- degree to good yeah. use. Father Blantz would really appreciate he that. Would. Father Tomblance, shout out to the Notre Dame History Department. Um, but I think of you know Rerum, Rerum Navarum is the encyclical Leo XIII um, in 1891 that talks about the rights of the worker. So the Church has had a longstanding commitment to you know protecting human rights and that we are not to be exploited. But John Paul II wrote about this explicitly, like when we work and when we create, you know, we become co-creators with God so that work has real dignity. It's a good thing, even though, you know, in the garden we, we were told, you know, we were banished and we would have to work and labor, but that work can be also a path towards, right, holiness or again, using your gifts and talents like human flourishing, but it's always at odds in society. So I appreciate you mentioning, like, yeah, communist Russia, or I think of like Ein Ein Mach Frei, which is that. Um, you know, the the worker camp Auschwitz, uh, work will set you free. What irony, you know, what cruel irony that work yeah. will set, you know, these Jews free. So they're closely linked because it can be, turn, you know, life-giving or also, you know, taking someone of their dignity. So it's interesting that Joseph stands at the you know, on the, as a model for all of that. Um, I was told, after I went to Israel, I guess I understood it. Like the word, yeah, we were always told growing up he was this carpenter and they said it's really tecton is the word, like, which means like craftsman. Mm. Um, because there's just not a lot of like trees and forestry in, in that area. So like, you see a lot of stone, especially like in Jerusalem and the outside areas. So he would have worked, yes, with some like, wood but also like a lot of stone so um
0: interesting
1: i I know i thought that was interesting too um and i just think of the way that the day is expressed for example in spanish-speaking countries march 19th is father's day interesting so what a close linkage between joseph and you know dia de de la de la Padre, obviously. And then this month, obviously we have coming up next week and I hope your family does something special for you. We have Mother's Day and May is the month of Our Lady. Um, so it begins with Joseph, her chaste spouse, but it's dedicated to Mary. And we'll be having a May crowning at school this Thursday um, in honor of Our Lady. So, so many you know rich traditions within the faith um, at this time.
0: Yeah, and it's always so interesting, you know, it's one of the things, you know, I love being American, I love living in this country. Um, but I I also really love and appreciate and find fascinating, all of the religious significance that is very fundamental to other countries as well, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, The Latin American countries are are very um, religious folk. You know, there's religion is a very, very much a part of their day to day life. It's a part, um, you know, they don't have separation of church and state, I think is what I'm trying to say. Um, You know, we see that in Europe, too, as well, in, in many of the countries. Um, But, you know, here we don't have that. So, gosh, I would love for Father's Day in the United States to be on March 19th. I think that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it just makes perfect sense that you would celebrate Father's Day with the Feast of St. Joseph. We celebrate Mother's Day in the month of Mary. You know, maybe that's intentional. If you're a Christian. If you're a Christian. True, 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 true. true. Um, But so I do love, I love the melting pot and, um, you know, all of the religions in the United States, of course. Um, But I do also really appreciate um, the religions that are fundamental to to wow. other our other our our neighboring countries as well. So, you know, Well, before
1: we move to our takeaway, I mean, I would say, you know, my mom always like told us growing up, Mother's Day is a made up holiday by Hallmark, you know, and and yet and yet if we don't
0: do something special that day, <laughs> exactly, we wouldn't even think of it. Well, we wouldn't think, and we'll have. We'll have to talk about Mother's Day, yeah, perhaps next week, because it does have Notre Dame ties, so stay tuned for that. Okay. Um, But, you know, our takeaways this week as we wrap this up, um, you know, I will pray for all moms as we enter, and I will pray to Our Lady, um, you know, as we we enter into this month of May. And I, I really am going to be praying for our seniors, you know, whether it's high school, college. This class of 2021 is, um, I don't want to call them the forgotten class. Again, I mentioned that before, but, um, you know, I really hope that they are are feeling like wherever they are, that their time is wrapping up in a meaningful way for them, um, whether it's celebrating with proms or graduations or whatever that looks like for them. I hope those celebrations can be held. They can be held safely. Um, not just because of COVID, but in all ways. Um, so they will have my prayers um, certainly as the takeaway this week.
1: Awesome. Well, my takeaway is just a shout out and a recommendation for our listeners. Um, when we look for the spiritual stew, we go to the USCCB website. So that's the United States Catholic Conference of Bishops. You can get the daily readings there. But I want to give them a shout out because it's not just the written word. They have, Haley, you can listen um, audio. They have a podcast recording of the readings. So you could walk and pray with that on your commute. You um, There's video reflection. It's um, linked to a calendar or weekly. So you know that this is the fifth week of Easter. Um, it's so well organized. So they have done a great job helping us to access the word, which is essential right if um in a life of faith there's really that familiarity with scripture but you know so the scripture can come to life so um we'll link
0: that in our show notes awesome yep i agree usccb is awesome um you can listen to again as you mentioned their podcast after you listen to ours um, again subscribe faith fondue you can find us on itunes apple Podcasts. you can go to our website faithfondue.com Um, All of our episodes are housed there as well, and um, we look forward to sharing next week with you as well. Thanks so much. Have a great week. Thanks, Anne.